to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Jody. How are you? Hi, Eleni. I'm excited to talk to you about who's on the show this week. Who do you have? It's Madison Hedrick. She's a supermodel, no big deal. And she got scouted in high school. I think she was 14. I think she was scouted in like a store, like Walmart or something. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's a total Cinderella story. (laughs) I wonder if like this happened today, if people would just think everyone's scamming them. Like what would you do if someone came up to you and said like, hey, do you want to be a model? Yeah, I think I would probably think it's a scam. There are always those people on the street in New York who are just kind of like trying to get your information for one reason or another. But there are so many people who just go viral on TikTok and Instagram. So you never know. I guess it's better to feel it out and see how how it goes. So I imagine Madison's modeling has taken her all over the globe which inspired her skincare line you talked about called Carry On. Yes, it's such a great name and she spells it in a really interesting way. But Carry On, you know, hence, you know, taking your skincare products on an airplane and making sure they're carry on size. She's traveled all over the world and literally is like never in her home. She talks about how few days in the year she's actually home in her own bed. So we played an awesome game on our Instagram live exclusive content looking at different activities you can do in airports around the world. It was super awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, our fans should definitely check out that exclusive content on our Instagram. Um, But I'm curious, Eleni, how do you describe your packing style? I am definitely uh, a carry-on queen. I love to fit as many things as I can into my carry-on just because I like to be able to get off the plane and start moving right away instead of going to the checked baggage claim. And I do a lot of traveling with my sisters, so it makes it better to be able to kind of swap outfits and jackets and coats and shoes and uh, accessories when we can and take more with us. For quick trips, I'm happy to carry on, but I get really excited to just check my bags and, you know, have freedom and free hands in the airport. That makes me happy. Yeah, that is that that makes sense. Well, this is going to be a fun episode. I guess you can think about it as influencing in the skies. So uh, if you're ready, let's get to it. This is episode 233 with Madison Hedrick. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. We are a career journey podcast talking about what it's like to define success and reach for it in the beauty and wellness industries. Today, we continue our influencer journey theme with Madison Hedrick, fashion model, philanthropist, and founder of Carry On. Over a decade in the fashion industry, she's no stranger to a hectic schedule, long flights, and needing to find small moments to herself for self-care. With tons of followers on Instagram, she covers topics from magazine cover shoots to skincare. I'm excited to dive into the conversation about her career journey from fashion runways to running a business, all on episode 233. Hi, Madison. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to start our conversation off with my favorite question since we're a career journey show. Let's go way, way, way back. So I know you were spotted at 14 years old for modeling, but let's go back to like 10 years old before that happened. Okay. When you when you were 10, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh my gosh, this is so funny. So when I was a kid and, you know, in elementary school, they go around the classroom and ask what everyone wants to be when they grow up. And everyone was like drawing pictures and like hanging it up on the wall. And it's funny because I said that when I grow up, I want to be a mom. And she was like, okay, well, 
I was like, it's the most important job in the world. It's what I want to be as a mom. And she was like, okay, what's your second answer? And I was like, astronaut. And she was like, okay. So my, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut slash mom. And that <laughs> but when I happen. got older, that can still happen. Who knows? People are going to space now. So, And then when I got into high school, I really was obsessed with sports and with broadcasts. And I, was, I wanted to be the next Aaron Andrews. I studied broadcast journalism which is really a funny like segue into modeling. It's because I learned so much in school from behind the camera to being in front of the camera, lighting and editing and filming, everything. So that was really cool. Yeah, there's also, I guess there's still time for that as well. That's right. Sounds, there's a lot. I think you can make a lot happen in every one of your days. Um, okay, so let's talk about getting scouted as a model. You said you were 14 years yeah. old. Give us the whole story. Yeah, so I was 14 years old, and I was living in my hometown of Charleston, South Carolina, and I was with a friend, and it was after school, after cheerleading practice, and we ran into Walmart, of all places, to grab a water and a snack before heading home to do homework, and I ran into a talent scout there who approached me and asked me if I was a model, asked me if I ever considered being a model, um, which, like... At first, I was like, stranger danger, like, that's so weird, and had zero plans of ever modeling, like, didn't know anything about fashion, was, was, I was just a kid, like, and, but I gave it some thought, and obviously, I wasn't with my mom at the time, and uh, the town scout had given me a business card, and I had thrown it in my backpack, kind of forgot, and my mom saw it, and was like, we need to have a talk. Like, what is this? <laughs> and so we met with them again with my parents. And they kind of just like told us about the industry and told us what the possibilities could be. And I was like, you know what? This sounds interesting. This sounds like something I might be interested in. But again, I was a kid. I was so young. And, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful to have parents who support me because that's a that's a tough decision for parents to, you know, be supportive of their kids and want them to follow their passions, but also being parents and being protective and making sure that, you know, a child entering an adult world is they're taken care of. And so my parents were super involved and very supportive. And yeah, so from like 14 to about 18 years old, I would only do shoots when I had school breaks, if it was spring break or whatever. And then I started full time when I was 18. I actually graduated high school early. I had applied to colleges, had gotten in, and I took like the second semester of my senior year. And I was like, okay, this is the time that I'm going to devote everything to modeling. And if it goes well, great. And if not, I'm enrolled in college. I have my dorm room set up. The whole thing, I'm just going to go to college after and modeling it was just like zero to a hundred from the day I really started at the age of 18 and moved to New York on a whim and I guess the rest is history still here <laughs> so when you're 14 in the Walmart um and you said stranger danger like how did you know like what told you that this seemed legitimate because I would think the same as you like what's this like you know man talking to a teenager for well it's funny because like I I think if I remember correctly, like one of the first questions was like, no one's ever asked you this before. And I'm like, no, not really. Like, I don't know, like how many people in Charleston are walking around 
uh, asking like young girls if they're models. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a bit strange and like the idea of modeling and fashion was just so foreign to me that I was like, this is, this is kind of crazy. Um, but, but no, as a 14 year old, the idea of like legitimacy and like, is this something I wanted to do was not really my first thought in my head. I was like, I just want my Cheetos. (laughs) It was your parents' first thought, I'm sure though. Yeah, my parents, you know, they were, they were definitely not skeptical, but they were worried for sure. But again, they wanted to be supportive and they didn't want to hold me back from something I really wanted to do. So my parents traveled with me like till I was 18, every shoot, every job I was on, they were there or a family friend. I was never alone. And yeah, they made it a really like welcoming and safe environment. And I really just got to express myself and find my love for fashion and the industry in such a beautiful and pure way. That was, that was really cool. Do you remember what your first paid gig was? Yeah, it was a Ralph Lauren campaign. And I remember that I, I remember I was young. I think I was 16 when I did Ralph Lauren and I was on set with re- girls I looked up to. It was Isabelle Fontani and Valentina Zodelia. And yeah, it was like, you know, these supermodels and they're on set like whipping their hair and the poses. And I was, I had no idea what to do. I was like a deer in headlights and I was just watching their every move, like trying to learn from the best. And it was, it was a crazy experience for sure. (laughs) So what did you do on set that day without any background? Oh, I stood there like a deer in headlights. I was just standing there. I didn't know that models moved in front of the camera. Like I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you like stand and take a picture. Like I had never been on a huge photo shoot before with like large production and everything. I just, I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. (laughs) And then with the photographer's direction, did you start to move? Yeah, a little bit, but it was like, you know, at that, I mean, in that, at that age, like, especially as a young girl, like your body is going through so much, like you're changing, you're growing, you're becoming a woman and you're just like, "Ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I have no control. I don't know what's going on. Like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, just confusion at that time in life. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Like, <laughs> And were you used in that campaign? Did you see your images out in the world? Yeah, which was cool. That's awesome. I love that. Okay. So you mentioned that you um, applied to college and you actually went to college, right? Did you, yeah. Um, so you're modeling and going to school at the same time? Yeah, so I was supposed to be going to College of Charleston um, right after my senior year of high school, but since that semester that I graduated early from, I I went straight into Fashion Week. I was in Milan, and I was doing shows and running around, and I was like, this is going really well. I want to keep this going. So I ended up not going to College of Charleston, but about a year into modeling, I just I missed learning and I loved school. I was like one of those weird kids that loved school for whatever reason. And um, I missed it. And so I wanted to continue my education and I ended up going to NYU for two years. I haven't finished yet, but it's something I promised my dad. I was like, it doesn't matter how old I am. I promise I'll go back. When things slow down, I'll go back. So I might be that mom that's like, in the back of this classroom with their kids going to college together. But yeah, that was, um, that was, that was hard, a very hard balance of NYU and, and modeling and traveling the world. So let's talk about travel. Thank you for the segue. Carry on is themed around skincare while traveling and self-care while traveling. 
So um, do you actually like calculate in your head, like the distances you've gone, the number of flights that you go on in a typical week or month? It's funny, like pre pandemic, I was averaging two and a half months out of the year where I was sleeping in my own bed in New York. So it's a lot like <laughs> constantly living on an airplane and living out of a suitcase, basically almost half my life. I've just been so used to it and used to always being on the go. I mean, now that, you know, obviously during COVID, no one was traveling. But now things are picking back up again and travel shoots and location shoots are happening again. Thank goodness. Which I'm very happy about. Um, and so the travel is already full speed again. I think last month I had like, I think I did 18 flights or something. Yeah. So at least like two to four flights a week is the norm. <laughs> and what have you learned about your skin in all this traveling? Yeah. Well... What inspired me to create Carry On is how brutal traveling is, and you know it's it's hard. It's hard on your body. It's hard on your mental health, on your physical health, on your skin. It's just it just takes such a toll on you, especially when you're traveling in between time zones. Like your internal body clock is off. You're hungry at weird times. You're not sleeping well, and it just affects overall performance. Like let alone looks. It's just like you just feel off, and traveling so much and always being on a plane, I was, I felt like I was dying. I was like, how are people doing this? Especially because there's a lot of times where I'll be on set in New York, shooting all day, going straight from set to the airport, taking a red eye, landing, going straight to another set without even like showering or sleeping in a bed. And so to land and have to be able to look good, but not only look good, but feel good and perform well is very challenging. And I just felt like my skin was getting dull and dehydrated. And again, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't eating correctly. I wasn't moving my body enough. And it just started to take a toll on me. And so I was like, okay, it's time to find a solution to this. And why did you choose to create that solution for yourself? Why not just, you know, buy products that exist? So that's, that's a big question. And, you know, for people who travel a lot, like, the time it takes to pack is like crucial. And that's something I've become an expert at during all of these years is packing. And I wanted to take the least amount of time as possible. And so for me, like the night before a flight, I pack all my outfits. I'm not overpacking. I'm not underpacking. I have everything I need, but I always would leave my skincare out for the next day because I want to get in the shower, do my whole skincare routine, and then head to the airport. So it was always the last thing going into the suitcase. And then you know how it goes. You check ways to see how long it's going to take to get to the airport. There's a car wreck. It's going to take longer, and I'm rushing out the door. And I don't have time to put all of my products into small bottles. And then the, the travel size products that you find in a CVS or a pharmacy, they're all like not that great of brands, not that great of quality, which I've used many times. And I just, again, like my skin, when I was using those products, just wasn't good when I was on the road. But when I was at home in New York, like I felt great and my skin looked great. And also something to keep in mind is I, like all of those expensive brands, the expensive Biologique Research and all these brands that I love and use, 
their travel size versions are almost as expensive as the big bottle. So for me, it's like, if I'm spending a lot of money on a moisture, I want the whole bottle. Like I don't want the one ounce that I'm spending all of this money on. So that's where I was, I came up with carry on. I am. Um, I'm curious. How often are you, do you not know where you're going tomorrow today? Is that pretty frequent? All the time. All the time. I mean, this morning alone, I woke up, I had a bunch of missed calls from my agent. They're like, we need you at this appointment right now. And so I like sprung out of bed and like went and went straight to a meeting. But it's like that a lot of times, especially with shoots. And especially like since COVID times, like if someone tested positive, like on the flight there or whatever. So it's like, it's, I'm no stranger to having, to getting the last minute call to head to the airport. It happens all the time. There's been a time where I was in the gym and I was so sweaty and they're like, you have 30 minutes to get to JFK. And I'm like running, got on the flight, all sweaty and workout clothes, went straight to a shoot. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a unpredictable job. <laughs> so, you know, the reason why I asked is because you mentioned, like you say, your skincare for last and packing, which I do too. And then it's like the probably the most important stuff you're going to pack. But then it's like, I don't have room for all of it. Or yeah. um, maybe it's actually too hard to get the product out of the like original packaging into a travel size. Yeah. Um, but it's also the like, I feel like the mental headspace, like how much room do you really have in your brain when you like wake up and you might like go to sleep at night in a different time zone and not even have planned for it. Like how, there's not enough room in your brain to have to wonder or worry about this stuff, right? So totally. I think there's the solution isn't just about products that are sized right. It's about not have making you have to think about it. Totally. And that's and that's something that I that was my plan with carry on is like you don't just buy one kit. Like the idea is to buy multiple kits and put them in all your bags so you don't have to think about it. It's just there and you know that it's there. One in your gym bag, one in the briefcase and the diaper bag and your carry on size luggage. And so What's been really cool to see with our customers so far is that they get it. Like we see people buy one kit and they're clearly like trying it out and then they come back and buy four or five kits, which is really cool because they get it. And like we've had a lot of great reviews and people writing in saying how much they love it. And, you know, like traveling doesn't just mean airlines. It could be like running around from the person who goes to the gym before going to the office, like just having that moment of self-care. And I mean, listen, we all live busy lives, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, like juggling kids, or you have a super demanding job, or you travel a lot, or you're road tripping through America for a year. Like we all have busy lives and it's so important to prioritize self-care and we just make it easier and accessible and (laughs) eco-friendly. So this is our influencer journey theme. And I want to talk a little bit about influencing life as yeah. an influencer. And I guess I want to come at it from the perspective of you're, you're almost never in the same place. Yeah. You have moments notice of where that next job is, which is, you know, pretty taxing probably. Mm-hmm. Where is there time to even make building a community a priority? Well, it's interesting. I had started a YouTube channel a couple of years ago that I did for fun, like literally just for fun to document like crazy shoots and like my life and how unpredictable and hilarious it is at times. And people really loved it. And then I stopped doing it during COVID because I mean, just like 
everyone else on the entire planet, I was sitting at home doing nothing and there wasn't really much to talk about. And I've gotten a lot of people writing in being like, where are the YouTube videos? Like, we miss you. Like, come back. And it's funny because I never thought of myself as an influencer. Just, I'm just, you know, one of those people that just shares when I feel like sharing, if I think something's funny or like wanting to share my work or whatever it is. And so seeing people, you know, reach out and really wanting to know more and always, you know, tuning in is, is a lot of pressure. And I, I try to make everyone happy and I want to be involved and connected with my community and people who have been supporting me like all throughout my career. It's really important to me that they feel heard and that, you know, like I share with them. Like there's a lot of times where I write back, especially on Facebook. I have a lot of followers on Facebook and I'm always like responding to them being like, thank you so much for always supporting me. Like even when I ghost you guys and like I go quiet or I'm going through something, you're there. So yeah, I mean, it's really hard to balance that of like always traveling and like, okay, if I, if I only have, you know, five hours of sleep tonight, like can I devote an hour to that, to reaching out and being active on social it's hard it's a really hard balance and it goes through ups and downs but I try my best <laughs> have you I guess gone into the world of understanding the data around your accounts like who your fans are is that something that um, you dive into or do you just like what happen what happens I I mean I have it is interesting to see where a lot of my followers are um but yeah, and that's also something with carry on that I found really interesting is where we see the most customers who buy from it's like, we'll get like a shocking state. Like I think Idaho, like we had so many customers. I was like, what? Like who's in Idaho? Like, hello everyone from Idaho. I love you. Like it's so interesting to see where, you know, the followers come from and I like how they discover someone is fascinating, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting, but I kind of, I'm just like, something that's important to me is that social media, especially for myself, feels authentic and feels real. And, you know, I, I never post or talk about brands or product that I don't support or that I don't use myself. And for me, it's really important, again, just to be authentic and to be real. So I kind of, I don't really take that into consideration, but it is something to think about for sure. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about, I think the hardest part about being in the public eye, the comments Mm -hmm. So do you read the comments and when they sting, what do you do? They can really sting. <laughs> I, you know, I think people can say, oh, I don't read the comments or I don't look. Everyone looks like no one needs to be hiding that. Everyone looks. It's in your face. You can't like not go on Instagram and not see them. Um, it's hard. Criticism is hard and people being mean is hard. Bullying is tough. And yeah, I think, you know, social media just like really opened up a whole new window on that. It just like let the floodgates open of people voicing their opinions and people aren't always nice and it's really hard and difficult. And especially as a model, like my job is getting judged. Like people judge me all the time. I go in for castings, I go in for fittings or looking at my body, looking at my face, looking at my skin, you know, judging me off of my personality of like just speaking to me for five minutes like it's a lot of pressure and especially at a young age like as a young teenager starting out and again like I mentioned like when you're you're going through puberty and you're trying to find out who you are as a person but also to like convey that to people and then to be hit with public criticism on top of that is like really a hard task and I think that 
mastering that and being able to take criticism and letting some things go in one ear and out the other and filter through is is tough. It's really tough, but it's an, a great skill to have. And listen, I read the comments because sometimes we do need a wake up call. Maybe I am saying something that offends people and I should know better, you know, like I'm not, I don't, I don't think I'm the smartest person in the world and I'm not perfect. And if I'm making a mistake or if there's something I'm doing that people don't like, like, I would love to hear it. Of course, there's some mean things as well. But I think that being able to take that criticism again and take the good and some of the bad is, is a great skill and it's hard, but you know, after being in this industry for over half my life, I've become used to it and, you know, it doesn't affect me, but every once in a while it might sting <laughs> and that's fine. I feel like the life of going on castings and auditions where I'm, I'm sure some of the casting staff are completely appropriate and kind and respectful. Yeah. I'm sure you've run into some people who say awful things right in front of you as if you don't have a yeah. heart. Mm hmm it really is like the in real life comment section. Right? It is. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So in some sense, you've been, you know, pre you're, you prepared yourself for what's happening in the digital world. Um, but you live it in two realms. Totally. You live it in real life and then you live it Totally. Digitally. Yeah. <laughs> Double whammy. <laughs> I'm curious, like if we go back to 14, 16, mm. 18, are you someone who like always had like a lot of self-esteem? Was it always easy for you to like hear something and just be like, that's not about me. That's about them. Um, yes. And it's actually something someone taught me once on set because yeah, being at a young age and someone criticizing, I remember someone, I remember being at a casting and there was girls lined up. There's probably 10 of us and the stylist and the designer were going through and looking at us and looking at the dress and like, mm. and I remember they got to me and I was like, oh no, oh no. And they're like, her shoulders are way too wide. And I was like, oh. like I was like, I was like, I'm, I was freaking out. And I came home and I was like, this is horrible. Like I was like, and everyone, I mean, everyone was getting the comments. There's much worse things to be called other than like having wide shoulders. But I was like, you know, this is really tough. And someone told me once that they were like, listen, you have to think about it. And, and it's funny because I went to business school at NYU. So like I should know this. And we learned about it in business class as well as like, is we had like a whole lesson on criticism and critiquing someone's art or product that they've come out with. And, you know, when you're on set as a model, like I am conveying and portraying an artist's image, right? With the designer, I'm literally showcasing their hard work and their pieces and as a photographer they have an idea of what the story should look like and I'm there to deliver the message and you know so it's as a model it's so interesting because I'm never really I never really felt critiqued on the end result right like I'm just like the messenger and helping to convey the message but when I started carry on and I started to get criticized on something I made, it is like such a different thing. And it's such a different world. Because again, if someone doesn't like the length of my shoulders, I can't change that, right? So it like, it stings, but it's easy to get over because it's like, you can't please everyone, right? But when it's something that you've created and put your passion and heart and soul into and you're getting judged by your actual like taste is is really is really a whole different ball game. But yeah, I think 
like I said, like with modeling, something I learned and has saved me and I think is a big reason why I've lasted so long is being able to realize like it's not about me. It's like maybe this dress looks better on someone else and that's fine, you know, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> well, the last question I have is around success and defining mm -hmm. success. So you have a lot of things going yeah. on, right? You have carry on, which is, you know, essentially in its infancy, yeah. right? It's brand new. You have your modeling career, which is, you know, let's say you're, I, I think you have a long road Thank ahead you. of you. So I'm, I'm, I mean, you're just in it, right? You're in the mm -hmm. middle of it. Then you have influencing, right? And that's certainly something you could choose to monetize and grow. So for each of these, I would imagine there's sort of different success metrics you have in your mind, whether they're number based or just, you know, emotive, mm -hmm. but you're creating success for yourself in every single one of these. So I'm curious this is only 24 hours in a day. How do you manage that? Because success is so seductive, right? You get like hired for a Ralph Lauren shoot and then you're like, oh my God, I yeah. want more, right? So how do you manage that? Because it really can take over. It 100% and especially in fashion. And, you know, f for me, when I first started modeling, like I studied it, like I was studying a class in school and I had my bedroom and I had sticky notes and photos and like tear sheets from magazines and I would like practice the poses from a pose that I saw in a magazine and I had a list of photographers, a list of stylists, a list of hair and makeup people, brands that I dreamed of working with and you know, I was always thinking, it was like, how do I get there? Like, how do I? And so, like, I made a list. I'm like, these are the photographers I want to work with. These are the jobs I want to do before I'm done. And then I can, like, pat myself on the shoulder and, like, feel really accomplished and feel like I reached all my goals. And and that was something that I made. And luckily, I have crossed everything off my list. And I'm And for me, it's, like, a huge success for myself is because I set those goals. And I was fortunate enough to attain them but with modeling it is like the never-ending circle it's never enough which is really hard because you know you might be on option for a shoot and you're just like crossing your fingers and toes for weeks like hoping that you get it and then you get it and then you're like okay now what I want to go to the next step and then the next step like it's just like this constant circle so it's really hard to be to ever feel like you've gotten enough right and so for me, like having those goals and checking them off, I'm like, okay, I should be happy. Like this is, this is it. Like if there's more amazing, but defining success for me is just reaching my goals. And with modeling, I did it. And now carry on is my big baby. And we have a lot of goals as a team. And I'm just so proud of like, we're only a few months old, but what we've accomplished so far has been really amazing. So I'm, we're already patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> we're really excited. Wow. I love that, Madison. I want to give you a tip that I learned a long time ago. Because when you're an ambitious person, it's very easy to like reach a goal and then just like blow past that moment and move on to the next one. But that's not really great for your head and your heart when you need to pay attention to the wins, right? You need to really honor them because what will happen is there's going to be the bad days and sucky situations. And you need to remember that good things happen too. So um, I have a whole collection oh, of bells. Oh, cool. And we all on my team ring bells when good things That's happen. That's awesome. Like it could be like a tiny good thing, like writing a hard email or getting something out on time, or it could be a huge thing like getting new clients or um, you know anything big. So uh, good things happen every day. I'm sure like a zillion good things happen to you every day. Oh, thank and you. And as you progress down this entrepreneurial journey, like honor those moments, enjoy them. They will, they will carry you on the days where like things Thank are Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot.
It's so true. You got to soak it in because, you know, and that's something, it's funny because when I was younger, I, whenever I would get a big shoot, like my mom and I would go celebrate and be like, I want to go to, I want to go to the Cheesecake Factory. Like, that's all I want to do. And so like, there was so many times we went to Cheesecake Factory that my mom was like, I think we need a different like celebration because we're here too much. I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, so it's like, it's so important to like, take a moment and be like, okay, we did it. Like, high five, let's celebrate. Let's take a beat and then like move forward but it's yeah it's so important I love that I love that you spent a lot of time <laughs> oh here's a personal question how is wedding planning going while also running a business it is stressful <laughs> it's like very stressful I have to divide my days like I have from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. wedding planning 10 a.m. to noon work carry-on stuff and yeah it's um, it's hard it is a full-time job and it's really funny because all my friends who got married were like it's so much work planning a wedding I was like guys you have a year to plan a party it's not that big of a deal like come on now I understand fully and it is a full-time job and a half it's it's a lot of work so it's very stressful <laughs> to say the least exciting but a lot <laughs> well it's not just a party it's a lot of yeah and family there's and, a lot of right? pressure a if it's the it. biggest day of your life you, there's a lot of pressure <laughs> I think I would liken it more to like a multi-day influencer <laughs> trip that you're planning because you're going to have like all your people fly in, yeah. right? And they all need to, you know, have the VIP <laughs> experience and a thoughtful experience from the bride and groom. So it's less more like, it's less of planning a party. It's more like planning a multi-day Exactly. Oh, this is a good question. Where do you see Carry On in five years? and any product or ideas that you're excited to create in the future? That's an awesome question. Um, I hope just in five years that anywhere where you are on the go and don't have access to self-care, I hope you do and find carry-on, whether it's in airports or pharmacies or like quick grab-and-go places, like that's where I see carry-on the most. Because again, it's for the people that need it last minute. So that's where I hope that we are and that we have more kits in the future, we're working on two really cool collaborations at the moment and new kits that we're really excited about that we'll be announcing soon, hopefully. But yeah, super exciting things to come. It's a really good question. Why are models always looking so serious when they walk on the run? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's a great question. I think because, well, here's the thing about fashion shows. It's not about the model. It's about the clothes, right? So you don't want to be, you know, smiling or making big facial expressions to take away from the designer's art and what they're showcasing. It's a really big moment for them and something that they've worked on for months. And so at fashion shows, yeah, you just don't want to be distracting. So you just try to keep it neutral. <laughs> it's interesting in modeling. It's really, I think, a, a tension or a contrast. You were hired as a model because of you, mm. but then in a sense, you, you can't be you, right? Yeah. You're playing a role, yeah. right? So um, they want you specifically for the width of your shoulders, but <laughs> <laughs> but once the lights turn on, you are a canvas. Right. So it's probably pretty like an intellectual, I think, um, equation totally. right? to move from going from audition or casting into the role. Totally. So uh, Madison, thank you so much thank for spending time you. with me today, especially because you have um, a business to run. Are you hopping on a plane today or tomorrow? Uh, I think tomorrow. <laughs> Still waiting to find out. 
<laughs> so you're going to hop on a plane yeah. tomorrow. You're going to plan some wedding stuff and you spent time with us. So thank you so much. Thank you. And this was our 233rd episode. Woohoo. That's awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you all so much for joining us. If you like this episode, please rate and review. As always, make sure you are following us on your favorite podcast platform and Instagram to stay up to date on the upcoming episodes and all the fun along the way. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Madison. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.